Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour. I'm Cheryl Benchin, your host, and we have a great podcast today for any tomato out there who's looking for a job or thinking about changing careers. If you're a job seeker, you know the frustration of applying online and sending your credentials into the internet ether and often with no reply. But what if you could attract interviews without ever applying for a job? Our guest today is Grace Totoro. She's a career coach and founder and president of Transitions by Grace. She's the creator of the Winner's Pitch, a three-phase approach to attracting interviews. So welcome, Grace. I'm so excited to have you here. Well, thank you. I'm very excited to speak to your audience. Good. And welcome to Happy Hour. I'm doing a little clink clink. I don't know if you can hear that. I can. and and uh, that's my virtual clink, but I'm actually drinking a real glass of wine because it really is happy hour right now. Sometimes we do this in the morning and we're clinking with our coffee, but today I actually get to clink with a glass of wine. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's it's actually a sad fact, but age discrimination in the workplace definitely exists in many industries. And while both men and women over the age of 50 find it more difficult to be hired, it's actually tougher for women, and the statistics show that. And I know a lot of your clients are over the age of 50, so we're excited really about hearing your advice today and, and your approach. But first, I always like to hear how people got into what they're doing. So how did you get into career coaching and helping job seekers? Well, that's a good question. Um, I have a, a, a human resources background coupled with a, a master's degree in human relations. Uh, my actual thesis many years ago, that's dated now, but it was on career derailment as it pertained to women. And my journey along the way uh, included a 17-year career coaching path with a prominent leader in the talent management industry. And what I learned from them was that a job search can be torturous, okay? It takes time, energy, and money. And to make matters worse, worse, many people start their search when they are short of all three. So my approach is similar in that it takes work and effort, okay? It's based on a successful, well-tested corporate marketing strategy that I have reinvented for the job seeker. But it is definitely outside of some people's comfort zone, but that's where I bring them into reality. Well, that's great. And I know we're going to hear more about that too. But let's start first with um, talking a bit about how job hunting has changed. Because many of our listeners may be finding themselves looking for a job for their first time in many years. And it's definitely not like it used to be. So what are the key things they need to understand first about job hunting in the digital age? Well, the digital age has made competition for jobs 
a lot greater because now people can can pretty much apply for a job anywhere in the world. So um, when you're using the traditional method of here's my resume um, and you're putting it into a company's website or a, um, a, a search engine like an Indeed or one of those kind of search engines, you are relying on the inhuman person, which is a scanner, to scan for the right words. And oftentimes people get you know, passed over. So it works for companies because they're looking at all those resumes if, they, if it gets to a human being, but it does not work to the advantage of the job seeker any longer. Um, so I, my approach has, when people say, well, I want to apply to this job, I say, stop right there. If you're going to apply and you look like everybody else that's applying, you're going to blend in. Right. And I, and I hear this all the time from people. I mean, they get so frustrated. They'll, they'll put in for a job and they think they're the perfect person. And gosh knows how many other people have, you know, put theirs in and, and then they don't even hear back anymore. So where, where are some of the places that people search for jobs? I mean, I'm, I'm old enough that I remember when jobs would actually be listed in the newspaper right. <laughs> or you'd have, or you'd have headhunters or search companies that, that come to you. Uh, do, you know, do, you know, do headhunters and search firms still exist at, or is everything really being pushed into this online, you know, submit your resume and hope you're, search words come up okay well headhunters and uh, placement agencies and temporary agencies they all still exist and um they can be valuable to you the only issue with them is there is is um they want to fit you into an exact match and um sometimes they can do it if you're unique enough and and many times they don't and they also charge companies for you so um what the newspapers uh, know, I mean, there may be some newspaper ads, but usually if a company has to go to that route, route to, uh, to place an ad, then I would question really why you would even want that because the, the better companies are finding people through their own network. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you're relying exclusively on what's posted, you're missing the hidden job market. And that's where the jobs you would probably want exist. So let's talk about that hidden job market. What, what is that? How do you find it? Where are those jobs? So they're, they're not necessarily the postings on LinkedIn. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. I mean, they can be. But again, you really have to uh, write your resume to every ad in order to possibly be noticed. So you more or less have to write your, your resume so that it looks like it fits the ad. A lot of work, and it's not really the best way to do it. So the best way to do it is to draw the companies to you. Mm -hmm. And that and that's where my my approach comes in. It's almost like you're going to be a solopreneur in my, in my um, approach. You're going to look at yourself as a product or a service, depending on what you're selling, and you're going to write, a profile of course I collaboratively do that with you so that your audience which by the way you know who they are because in order to back into your niche you got to know about the audience you're targeting just like a commercial 
Okay, I, I, I like the uh, My Pillow. If anybody's seen that, the My Pillow commercial, where the guy speaks to your problems because he identifies with you. Mm -hmm. He says, I know what you're going through. I went through that too, so I invented this. And that's what's going to get you noticed. You're going to set your profile, whether it's LinkedIn, whether you do a, a video, um, a resume, you're going to write to the company's problems because you know them because you've done your homework on them. And you're going to more or less draw them to you instead of the other way around. Now, you just said something very interesting, video. How, do you, how, how can job seekers use video? The video is not something I actually do, but you can take what I do, because I write with taxes. I write a, help you to write the uh, script. Mm -hmm. Can be used. You're really talking to your audience with the way I write it, and you can convert that to a video, but videos have to be short or people are right. Not exactly. So you could actually, if you have your LinkedIn profile and you feel comfortable doing doing a video, you could actually also post a video that talks about, uh, you know, the your how, niche. I, yeah, your, how, your, yeah, and how you're how you're helping companies and organizations. I I like that a lot because, you know, I know there are a lot of people listening right now who. Are, are starting to feel invisible and irrelevant because they're not even getting to that interview stage. So what are they doing wrong or what do they need to be doing right? And I know we're, we're starting to talk about that, but to make that happen, to even get that first interview, it's so difficult these days. It, it is because people are still writing. This is what people do. And, and I did it too. So, and that's what made me reinvent everything. They say, here I am, this is what I could do for you because this is what I've done for others. But the companies today may not need what you have to offer. So you first have to say to yourself, um, what audience do I want to work for? Is it in an entertainment industry? Is it in software? Is it in not-for-profit? Is it in manufacturing? Is it in consumer goods? You pick your industry. Look for the companies and start your research. Read articles. And all of a sudden, you're going to start to say, oh, my God, this is where, where they are right now. And this is where their problems are. Okay? And, and their problems will definitely, if you really process this, their problems will fit your, your specialty. Because you're going to back into your profile. And you're going to speak to their pain. Okay, or their situation. Hey, is this happening to your company? Well, it's happened to me when I was at my uh, company, and this is what I recommend that you do. So you're you're more or less creating the verbiage. You're not selling what you want to sell. You're selling what somebody wants to buy. That's a whole different way of looking at things. Yeah, and that and that touches on um, on another thing that I hear too uh, from a lot of people, and I'm sure you do too, is that people, uh, you know, want to transition into say a different industry, and they have great credentials, let's say in marketing, 
but right. their marketing was in XYZ industry and now they're applying for something in ABC industry and people are saying, oh, well, your credentials are great, but you don't have industry experience. So it sounds like what you're saying is if you really help to do your homework on what that industry needs, is that what you're saying? You might be able to say, here's how my qualifications fit your need? How, how would you approach that? Yes. Well, what you would do is, okay, Mark, if you want to use marketing as an example, okay, you need to be up to date on what companies in general are using for marketing. So um, in today's digital age, uh, different, and, and what you need to see is like Instagram targets uh, the younger quote unquote audience. Facebook is more in the, um, I'm going to say baby boomer industry and LinkedIn is for is really for business uh, of all ages. But I can tell you that the millennials and the, Z, the Gen Zs are not really big on LinkedIn. So what you want to do is you got if you're selling marketing, you got to know how to use social media. So if you know how to use social media, then you go to the industry that you don't have experience in, see what they're doing, see what they're not doing. And then you sell your expertise, not your industry. You're not focusing, you're not selling your industry experience. You're selling your value in your area of expertise. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. It's, it's, it's just a different way of looking at what your, uh, you know, what your expertise and skill set is. So let's talk a little bit more about your winner's approach. I know it's a three-prong approach. So you can you tell us how that works? What are some of the key things in those phases what are the phases and what happens <laughs> sure the three phases first you have to know what you're selling okay and the only way you're going to know what you're selling is first to have an audience to sell to and and advertisers do this companies do this all the time when i first put my my winners pitch together i surveyed job seekers okay and i asked them what are the three major obstacles that you're facing in job search. And I got, you know, 100 or, or more responses. And the three were, I'm not getting responses to my resume. Uh, nobody is responding. My, I'm tired of customizing my resume. And um, what I'm doing online isn't working. So then I started researching what companies do. Because really, when you're selling something, you're selling something, right? So I interviewed uh, some gurus in marketing, and um, they said you got to wow your audience, and you're going to write your commercial. So first, got to know who your audience is. And when people tell me, well, I can work anywhere, well, that's not true. Okay, that is so not true, because what you do and what you want to do may not fit every audience. So you, you identify your audience, look for their pain, then you create, look at yourself, do an inventory on yourself, create your niche, niche, and then your collateral. And I do, I do the LinkedIn profile first because that's what people really go to first. And then we, then we create a derivative version of LinkedIn with a resume. Now you're, you're writing content that speaks like you're talking, like you're talking to your audience. And by the time the, the third phase comes in, that's the third phase. The second phase is connecting with your audience. The third phase is converting your interview conversations to proposal conversations that lead to offers. So every time you're speaking to somebody, 
you're almost trying to close the deal. Mm -hmm. Okay. And sometimes you won't even know you're being considered for an opportunity. It's like a consultant's approach uh, until they tell you, well, you know, we have this opportunity for you. And then we do what's called a 30, 60, 90 day plan with your thank you letter. And in each phase of my 30, 60, 90, you are proposing how you will approach their pain points and what the results will be in each phase of that process. That has worked 100% of the time for the clients that have gotten that far. That's really great, Grace. I, I love it. And it really, you really have taken a classic marketing approach to this and really, are, I think, are helping people to see themselves as a brand that they have to market the way, you know, brands are marketed. And, and I think that's terrific and it makes a lot of sense to me. So how do you, how do you work with your clients? And I, I know you do virtual coaching. How does that work? So you can work with any people anywhere in the country, right? Yes, or I, I guess I, it, I guess in the world, if you want. I could work all over the world, but I limited <laughs> yes. to the United States for um, for just lots of reasons. Yes, um, I I I work through time zones, and I um, use Skype, mm -hmm. video Skype, and it's free. So the only thing a client needs is to download the Skype software. And what happens on my coaching um, meetings, which can be anywhere from thirty to ninety minutes max. Um, we work on the homework that I give you. So I, I give people questionnaires so they know what they're supposed to be researching. Because a lot of times people don't even know where to start. So I, once, once you become a client of mine, I actually, we talk, I find out more about what you're looking for. I'm doing research on my end, you're doing research on your end. Then we set up our first session and I look at your, what you put together for me and I share it on the screen and while we're talking I'm making changes that you can see because that's the advantage of using Skype video there's right. other there's other platforms too but I happen to like Skype um, and you're seeing what I'm right what I'm taking what you've given me and we're talking about it I'm making the changes I send it back to you if there's more changes needed and till we get to a, a LinkedIn profile because I have I have a format that all you're gonna do is copy and paste into your LinkedIn while I watch you because I do not have your password to LinkedIn so I can't do it but you're going to share your screen with me and you're going to copy and paste what we've done together into your LinkedIn and that's like the first part that's uh, that could take maybe anywhere from two to three sessions okay to do that and then we do your, your resume and the first five sessions of my program is all about you and your collateral. And if that's all you want, that's where it stops. And if you want to go to the next level, then the next level is, okay, I got this great collateral. How do I get it out there? And then we talk about how you market yourself, okay, either in person, online, or whatever. And then you, the, the last phase is, oh, my God, I'm starting to get have conversations. How do I turn those into interviews and, and jobs? And then we talk about that. So my whole strategy takes 15 sessions but you do not have to, to use them all you can buy whatever you want <laughs> grace that is so terrific honestly i can see how you're helping so many people and I, and i hope people listening to this well i hope your your inbox is going to get flooded with emails <laughs> because you know i know it's so i i talk to so many women who are out there and feeling frustrated and as i said a lot of them haven't looked for 
had to look for a job in a long time and it's very overwhelming. And I just, you know, to hear your approach is just, I think, so comforting to, it's going to be so comforting to a lot of people to say, okay, now I can actually work with someone who can take me through this, you know, this new world that I'm, I haven't been into before. So let's talk a little bit about the resume. And my questions may sound a little old school, so tell me if they do, but, you know, do you, what are some of the red flags? I know, for example, people, if they've been at that point where they've been trying to look for a job and let's say they've actually been out of work for a year. And I know you say that it could take at least six months to find a job. Uh, what do you do about that gap? So it doesn't look like you're, you know, sitting home crying and eating bonbons, which you may be doing, but you don't want to, but you don't want a prospective employer to think about that. How do you handle that? Well, what you, first of all, the the resume is now a talking resume and there's, there's been a lot of uh, write-ups not just by me but by other people that demonstrate your passion for doing what you do and why you want to do it, it it's got to jump off the page people uh, i hope it's jumping off the page now when i talk about what i do because i'm just so excited about it that i could talk about it for hours that's how you have to write about yourself so how do you cover gaps we we cover gaps by showing what you're doing in your time okay so you can take classes you can volunteer which by the way is a great way to meet people give yourself a chance to practice your your pitches and learn and use some of the skills that you're learning okay or that you really want to hone in on um you don't show a gap you show a gap and you can say volunteer experience volunteering is uh, if it's demonstrating your niche in some way, right. is is, uh-huh. is great. It's it's about showing your value, and and not being hung up on the dates, because that is old school thinking. Okay, it's it's not the dates. It's again, I I would rather work with somebody who demonstrates how they're using their skills to help me with my problems than somebody who's got ten years doing something I don't need anymore. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So maybe, you know, you spent the last year studying a specific industry, so you'd be more knowledgeable about what they need. So that that might be something that would attract attract an employer. So that totally makes sense to me. And what about the whole, you know, you're overqualified? Because definitely, obviously, when you get, you know, past 50, you've, you've done a lot of things. And I think, you know, we could be very valuable to, to so many companies. And a lot of people at that point are willing to, and some of them don't even want the stress of, you know, a super high level executive job, you know, they're willing to do something, you know, that they're passionate about that, you know, might not quite be at the level they were, but, you know, sometimes employers, you know, don't think about that quite as positively. It's that, you know, that overqualified thing. How do you deal with that? Well, again, if you're using the approach that I am going to teach you, that won't come up because you're going to be qualified to share your value to fix what they need. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you are qualified for what they need. So if they need, for example, if, you're, if you've been in programming, um, you know, that's with, with uh, a company, and you now have seen, because I know this is 
robocalls and spam and all this kind of stuff, it, you're probably being hit with those things as well. So right. maybe in your spare time, you figured out a way to avoid robocalls or spam. So now you're, you might have led an IT team, but you don't want to do that anymore. You want to be part of the creative process. So you sell the creative and demonstrate the value that whatever you created will have. And they'll see it. They won't care. Okay? They, they will, as long as you can demonstrate that you can fit their need and bring value to, to their issues, you don't have to worry about being overqualified because you're demonstrating qualifications. Wow, that's great. I love I love that. So one of the things I know that you do in your spare time <laughs> is you also happen to be a contributor to Forbes Online, and you've got some really helpful articles there, and really everyone should go to Forbes Online. We'll, uh, we'll put a link into your, uh, into your articles, and uh, you've just been talking about some of this, but one of the ones, recent ones I found that was really interesting was exactly what we've been talking about, selling your value rather than your experience. So you want to just talk about that a little bit more? Sure. And, and it's pretty much summarizes what I've been saying. Right. Okay? Uh, you know, age discrimination does exist. And uh, you, you, the only way to get around that is to know your audience. So if you're going into a company that where the average person or the leader is a millennial or is a, a Gen X, or a Z, <laughs> uh, that's the new one, uh, then you really, they're not interested in the same things that the 50 plus are, okay? They, they really aren't. So you really have to understand that generation and speak to them if you're interested, okay, right. in, in, in working with them. Um, just, just, again, don't sell your experience. If you sell your experience, they're going to put an age to it and they're going to say, well, they're not, they're going to put a stereotype on it. And they're going to say, well, this person is 50, 55, 60, whatever you are. And they can't possibly bring value because I can do this and I can do that and, and they can't do it. Okay. Right. So, so you got to, you have to be competitive. It, you, you can't, it's not your age, it's your skills age. Yes. I, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's really the age of your skills. And if you've been with a company too long and they liked your old skills, that could price you right out of the market because you never were forced to learn new skills because the company that you work for was had a 1970s approach. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's, there's a good lesson there, too, and that's about keeping up with technology. It's so important. Everybody out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a great tip I would give to everyone. So let, can we just talk for a few minutes about the actual interview process? So let's say you now finally get to get to that interview point. And I know these days a lot of those tend to start with a, a phone interview and, and then hopefully you get to move on to in person. How do you, what are some of your tips for handling those interviews? And particularly on the phone, because I think that's difficult, more difficult if you're, than if you're sitting across from someone and you've got eye contact and they can see you and you're animated. And how do you suggest people handle that? Basically, you got it. Hopefully you have enough notice and, and it's a company that you've been following. Okay. You remember, if it's a random call, it, it's going to be difficult to sell to them. Okay, so you want to know them. Hopefully, they're part of your target audience that you know, 
and you're going to find out how they found you and what drew them to you. So you're going to try to ask them questions as well. Right. And then you're going to you're going to try to find out what's their issue. Okay? Are they um, having issue? If, if your expertise is in IT, uh, what's their issue in IT? What kind of software are they using? Um, what are they looking? Are they accident prone? Maybe you're you're good at safety or compliance. So you're going to speak to their issues with every question. Every question they ask you, you're going to bring it to their problem and and sell your value. And um, if you get past 30 minutes, that's usually a good sign. That's great. That's it. That is great. So listen, I know right now that there are people listening in who are going through this job search process and it might be six months they've been looking. It could be longer than that. And they're feeling a little discouraged right now. What would you say to them that would make things a little better? Uh, I would say give yourself 30 minutes to feel sorry for yourself, but then get out of it. And if you have a plan, a structured plan that you work on every day, okay, um, it'll happen. Okay. And, and the plan needs to include know yourself. Don't get depressed. I mean, uh, know yourself, know, see the value in who you are. If you're current, it's not going to be a problem. Get industry news delivered to you. Okay, assemble what I would call a company knowledge base. And a company knowledge base is just a repository for all that stuff that may not be quite ready for prime time yet, but may help you get your niche into prime time. Mm -hmm. Okay, and um, research, use the tools, use the online tools. It's, it's all about knowing your audience and feeling their pain and saying, hey, I've been there. I know what you're going through because I've gone through it too. Maybe it was with another company, maybe it was personally, and this is what I did and I can do this for you. Let's talk. So, and getting out there, just getting the PR, be, being out there, going to professional groups, uh, whether they're fun groups or professional groups, just getting out there with people. That is really the key. Working by yourself in a silo won't do anything for your ego. Yeah, and it's not going to make you any connections either. <laughs> you, no. don't meet, you don't meet a lot of people sitting uh, sitting behind your desk by yourself searching the internet, that's for sure. Right. Uh, well, or not the right ones anyway, let's put it that way. <laughs> well, well, that's right. <laughs> And you never know where you're going to meet somebody. You could be yes. involved in a hobby and you're talking to people just about that hobby. And that's your commonality with them. And then you start sharing, you know, some personal stuff, which may include your niche in some way. Absolutely. I, I find that all the time that it's amazing how uh, you can start a conversation with someone and that connection can lead you to so many other things. And you don't know and, unless you are, you are out there making those those connections. So that's really terrific advice. So Grace, this has been such, uh, such a great conversation, really. And I know that you've already helped a lot of people just listening in. So how do people find you? And also, I think you have an offer, a special offer too. I do. I, I actually, um, I give everybody a free 30 minute consultation because believe it or not, <clears throat> not everybody 
I don't take on just anybody. I mean, I have to feel that you're going to be as passionate about working with me as I am with you. Mm -hmm. Because if you do not follow my lead or you're uncomfortable with it, then we both fail. And I don't want failures. Okay. So uh, you can, you can, I'm so, I'm out there. So you can find me through LinkedIn, through my website, transitionsbygrace.com. There's a scheduling link, book a, book a session. I have my schedule in, in there. Um, you could call me directly and leave a message, and I always get back to everybody. 945-0222. That's a 561 area code. 945-0222. So you'll, if you really want to reach me, you'll, you'll reach me. <laughs> uh, you can write to my um, email, which is, part, which is in my website. It's... it's uh, Grace Totoro, T as in Tom, O-T as in Tom, O-R-O, at transitionsbygrace.com. So I'm out there. I'm willing to share. I give a lot of, of information in the 30, 30 minutes. You may walk away with information, and we may never talk again, and that's perfectly fine with me because I'm all about changing what's broken, and the hiring process out there is very broken. So... Um, I'll leave people with three points. Focus on the what, which is the challenge or ideal client is facing right now. The why, which addresses the negative implications of not working with you because and not solving that, that problem. And how you and your solution, your signature solution, your niche, will generate a positive impact. So the what, why, and how. This has been great. And in this half an hour, you have really helped a lot of people already. So I know that a consultation with you one-on-one -on -one is going to be so terrific for so many people. So thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll have to have you back. Thank you so much for having giving me the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Fabulous. Great. Thank you. Have a great evening. You too. Enjoy your wine. I am. <laughs> <laughs>